0: Written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner, In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 27 is entitled, The Pied Piper of Hamblin.
1: We speak of liberty. We naturally assume that we all agree on the meaning of the word. The idea of liberty trips off the tongue as easily as the idea of truth. Everyone likes the idea of liberty, or freedom, or free will, or agency, or truth, but not everyone likes the actualization of liberty, freedom, free will, agency, or truth. One could easily ask, if we like liberty so much, why is it so rare in the history of the world? If we like truth so much, why do we have euphemisms for everything? We now have peaceful riots. Unpleasant truth is called false narrative. We all agree that we hate tyranny, yet when life becomes complicated, we follow tyranny as freely as the children that follow the Pied Piper of Hamelin, though it leads them to their own destruction. According to legend, the town of Hamelin, Germany, was infested with rats. The story occurred in the Middle Ages, so one can assume that the town was suffering from the Black Plague. A clownish stranger dressed in multicolored tights, hence the word pied, offered a solution. He would get rid of the rats if the town would pay him 1,000 guilders. A guilder in the Middle Ages was equivalent to $36 today. That would be $36,000, a very large sum of money then. The mayor agreed. The Pied Piper played his flute and lured all the rats into the local river where they drowned. The mayor, however, refused to pay the piper such a large sum. And the piper exacted revenge by playing the pipe and luring the children into a cave while the adults were in church. The children were never seen again. One could interpret the story of the Pied Piper in many ways, but it is symbolic of how tyranny becomes popular. When faced with seemingly insurmountable problems, we look to any oily tongued pied piper such as Hitler or Stalin or Marx, even if it means Nazism or communism or socialism. We will give anything to make the pain go away, only to discover too late that the solution is worse than the original problem. During a crisis, however, we find it easier to follow the Pied Piper while disregarding the consequences to our children or to our future. We are prone to seek quick fixes or easy solutions. Therefore, we often fall prey to empty promises. All animals in their infancy appear cuddly, but some grow into ferocious beasts. So is the face of tyranny. It is introduced first as a warm and cuddly creature, and only later does it reveal itself as a devouring beast. In the book of Revelation, two beasts appear. The first beast was awful in appearance. He had seven heads and ten horns. He was compared to a leopard, bear, and lion, and was given power by the dragon. The second beast, however, only had two horns and appeared as a lamb he deceived mankind by means of miracles. It was the second beast in the shape of a lamb that murdered anyone who did not worship the image of the beast. Freedom is such a delightful word that we all seek it until we discover that the true liberty requires constant vigilance, hard work, infinite choices, self-reliance, sacrifice, daily frustrations, frightful courage, seemingly insurmountable challenges uncertainty competition complexities constant opposition personal responsibility and daily diligence in the weakness of despair a pied piper comes along and promises instant ease permanent relief and guaranteed success we embrace him with open arms only to discover that the cost was our freedom or as with the people of hamelin even the lives of our children one form of the modern Pied Piper is the national debt, a burden that will one day devour our children. The Pied Piper is a very ancient story and has appeared in many forms. The Israelites, for example, enjoyed a perfect democratic republic under judges, but they insisted on a king to deliver them from personal responsibility. Samuel prophesied what would happen if they insisted upon a king.
0: First Samuel eight eleven through 18 And he said, This will be the manner of the kings that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands, and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, and to be cooks, and to be bakers. And he will take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your menservants and your maidservants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you in that day.
1: Again, it was their children who would become slaves, but the Israelites would not listen to Samuel.
0: Samuel eight nineteen through 22. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles.
1: We like others to fight our battles. As the people of Hamelin desired the Pied Piper, the children of Israel desired a king. So the Lord gave them a king because they desired it. It is according to the law of agency. The Lord grants us our desires.
0: Samuel eight nineteen through 22. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his own city.
1: Everything that Samuel prophesied came to pass. Even though Israel had three of the greatest kings in history, Saul, David, and Solomon, each became corrupted by absolute power. They led the house of Israel to their utter destruction. The children of Israel scattered to the four corners of the earth, leaving only the tribe of Judah to remind us that they actually existed. True liberty requires self-reliance, and self-reliance and personal responsibility are hard. Some succeed in a highly competitive environment and others don't. Liberty fosters inequality in distribution of wealth. A pied piper comes along and promises to redistribute the wealth, to take from the rich and give to the poor. The poor who outnumber the rich follow their new savior. That is where America finds itself today. As a consequence of promises of free health care, free tuition, free rent, free everything, etc., our national debt is nearly $35 trillion, nearly $1 million per taxpayer. In the heat of contention, we keep the language of liberty but lose the soul of freedom. Here's a fundamental truth about liberty. Our freedom is based upon absolute natural laws. Our agency is based upon absolute spiritual laws. If we want liberty, we must obey the law of liberty. No person can rise above the complete set of natural or spiritual laws that he or she obeys. What is the law of liberty? The answer is very simple. The law of liberty is the Ten Commandments. And only by following the Ten Commandments can we win back our freedom.